The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Friday the 9th of February, I'm Tim Spears and on today's show... Title showdown in La Liga. It has like the feels of like the game that is going to dictate how the end of the season is going to be. Are Manchester United in a Champions League race? There's definitely more optimism around the place than there was before Christmas, I'd say, because players have come back to fitness. And a blockbuster weekend in Serie A. Cracking weekend in prospect uh, in Italy. I know I say that every weekend, but I think this one lives up to the hype. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Tim Spears. We've got so much to look ahead to today, including loads in the Premier League and two international tournament finals. But we have to start in Spain with a potential La Liga title decider between leaders Real Madrid and the Leicester City of 23-24, Little Girona. Only two points separate the sides with 23 games gone. It's been a fairy tale season for Girona, who have never finished higher than 10th and have an average attendance of 13,000. That's similar to what Barnsley get in League One. E bar gum. Everyone's getting excited about this one, including our La Liga reporter, Paul Balus. This is a big game. It's sort of weird like, like to see that uh, we are talking about like the game that could not decide the title, but like shape how things are going to be at the end of the season. And it's not Barcelona and Real Madrid involved. It's just uh, the likes of, of like Girona going to the Bernabeu and trying to um, make everything blow apart, basically. But yeah, no, it, it, it has like the feels of like the game that is going to dictate how the end of the season is going to be, not just like for Girona uh, and Real Madrid, but also like Barcelona fans are going to watch this game closely because it can be like, the game that sparks their their dream to get back into the title race somehow. Uh, so yeah, all eyes are going to be on the Santiago Bernabeu and, uh, on on the next Saturday. Uh, let's see how it goes because it's certainly going to be like a really interesting game with both sides quite affected by injuries, by um, players who are not going to be available because they were sent off or they are sanctioned for the, for, for the next week. So let's see how, how it goes. Um, I mean, Girona are high scorers in La Liga they won 4-2 at Barca of course earlier in the season do they know any other way or will they just go there to attack and take on Real Girona is like a club that is like a lot of people like around the club come from Barcelona come from La Masia they have a really like possession orientated style of football of course the manager doesn't have like any Barcelona links it's Mitchell he comes from Rayo Vallecano but I think that from the sense that I felt around the club they're gonna like approach the match like uh, be the team that we have been this season. Uh, they have a lot of big players that are not going to be available on the defensive line. I'm talking about Daley Berlin, I'm talking about David Lopez. And I think that it just reinforces the idea that the best way that they have to to hurt Real Madrid is just to attack better and just to put all the big guns uh, into a, do a, into the attacking line and just keep doing what what have brought them to the top of La Liga, basically. I mean, Girona have only lost one game all season, which of course was 3-0 away at Real. Is there still a massive sense of, of disbelief in Spain that, that they're in the title race? Yeah, I mean, I think that until like the new year, they were, they were like seen of sort of somehow like uh, they, they're going to fall down, they're they going to crack at some point, but they haven't. And they won against Atletico de Madrid, uh, Real, Real Sociedad, which are a big team in Spain, went to Girona like last week. And they could have lost the game. Um, so they've proved that they know how to compete like against big teams. They won at Montjuic against Barcelona. So 
they are not a joke anymore. I think that uh, pretty much everyone uh, in Spain have assumed that they are going to be in the Champions League next season, which already is a big thing. And you mentioned Barca, so they, there's, there are two reasons for Barca fans to, to want Real Madrid to lose this game. So they they still think there's an outside chance that they can potentially get back into this title race? I think that if like the Barca fans, if they try to be rational, there's no way that they can uh, believe that they have shown reasons to let them fans believe that they can compete for the league title. But at the end of the day, like if you get closer and like the season is long, if, if like now then suddenly... Uh, they start like to find the groove and and just to find the tactical switch that they were looking for. Who knows, right? But I think that if we try to be like reasonable and to assess all the facts that we've seen, Barcelona still have to focus on like into like to secure the top four qualification and to make sure that they're going to be on the Champions League next season. Cheers, Paul. And you can watch Real v Girona at 5.30pm tomorrow on ITV4 in the UK. You may have to go split screen, though, because the other massive top two clash in Europe this weekend, Bayer Leverkusen against Bayern Munich, which we previewed in yesterday's show, is on at the same time on Sky. Both games are on ESPN Plus in the States. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. If it's Premier League action you insist on, then Nottingham Forest v Newcastle is also at 5.30pm on Saturday, one of several decent-looking fixtures this weekend. There's a record-breaking occasion earlier on Sunday afternoon when around 60,000 people will watch Burnley play a football match. Liverpool are also playing in what's set to be Anfield's biggest ever league crowd ever after another part of the revamped Anfield Road end was opened up. Elsewhere, Man City host Everton in the early Saturday game. Arsenal face West Ham, a team they've lost twice to already this season on Sunday. And also on Sunday is perhaps the most appetising fixture of the weekend as fourth plays sixth, Aston Villa v Manchester United. Villa are enduring their worst form of the season, a run sparked by letting a two-goal lead slip in the reverse fixture at Old Trafford on Boxing Day. They've since lost at home in the league for the first time in 17 games, and in midweek they were embarrassingly trounced by Chelsea, of all teams, in the FA Cup. However, as the Athletics' Joey Durso says, the defeat should be put in a little bit of context. You know, you've got to caveat this with this is absolutely amazing times to support Villa. You know, Emery has been incredible. I think the last calendar year was the best ever in, in terms of wins for, for Villa team, even in the modern era or potentially ever. So I don't want to be a moaner, but you know Chelsea just cut through Villa so many times in that first half, went 2-0 up after 20 minutes. Um, really, really poor performance. And it's one of those really worrying performances that you can't really pin t- you know, point to one player having a mare or a big mistake or a thing the manager tried that didn't quite work. It was just really bad across the board. You know, that midfield of... Kamara, Louise, McGinn that have been fantastic all season, offered nothing. Um, Chelsea kept playing through them. Um, so, you know, I'm still pretty feeling pretty positive. But uh, this, this Man United game is huge because there are eight points between them at the moment. And, you know, Manchester United would obviously very much like to get in the Champions League places. If Villa won, it would be 11 points. Um, pretty insurmountable. But, you know, if Man United win five points and you start to get feeling pretty nervous about making the Champions League. As for United, they've won their last three in all competitions, scoring 11 goals and looking surprisingly good in the process. Is it only a matter of time before their next crisis, though? Or, if they win at Villa, could they even be in the hunt for a Champions League place? Here's our esteemed Manchester writer, Mark Critchley. I don't think we can rule out a realistic run at the Champions League. Um... 
their form has been okay, like you said. It's three unbeaten in the league, seven points from nine, five unbeaten in all competitions as well. So there's definitely more optimism around the place than there was before Christmas, I'd say, um, because, yeah, players have come back to fitness and Ten Hag was able to name something approaching his best 11 on Sunday against West Ham. But um, things change quickly. Um, he's not able to name that best 11 anymore because I think, as you saw, Lisandro Martinez go off injured in that game he's out for eight weeks now step back and look at this game judge these two teams across the whole season I think everybody would agree that Villa have been much more impressive than United have their home record is right up there with the best of them so it's going to be difficult um, and it's a real test I think of just <laughs> how much to really believe in this in this little run this mini run of form that United have had Cheers, Mark. Villa v United is at 4.30pm on Sunday. In other Premier League news, the league's Chief Football Officer Tony Scholes has admitted that VAR is nowhere near good enough, decisions are taking too long and it's spoiling the enjoyment of matches for supporters. He later went on to say that grass is green and the sky is blue. Talking of blue, yes, this is a legitimate segue, blue cards are going to be experimented with, possibly even in the FA Cup as part of a sin bin trial being suggested by the game's governing bodies. You can read all about that harebrained scheme on The Athletic. Right, to Italy now and some pivotal fixtures at the top of the table this weekend. I'm basically going to stop talking and hand you over to a very excitable James Horncastle. Cracking weekend in prospect uh, in Italy. I know I say that every weekend, but I think this one lives up to the hype because we've got games that have implications for the title race and also maybe for Champions League qualification as well. The first one that I'm going to recommend to you is Roma against Inter on Saturday night. Inter league leaders, four points clear. They beat Juventus uh, last weekend in the Derby d'Italia. They've got a game in hand as well, although this isn't it. They play a Roma side that has been revived under club legend Daniele De Rossi. De Rossi has won his first three games in charge. A new Roma coach hasn't done that in 95 years. And okay, these wins have come against teams down in the bottom half of the table. But they're also teams that Jose Mourinho didn't beat. Yeah, that is very encouraging. But this will be the biggest test for De Rossi, coming up against an interside that is among the best in Europe, one that hasn't lost in the league since mid-September and that was the only defeat this season. It came against Sassuolo. They've won every game in 2024. And when you look at the teams that they've beaten, Lazio in the Super Cup semi-final, Napoli in the Super Cup final, Fiorentino away, then Juventus without conceding a single goal. The other game that I would recommend is on Sunday night. It's between Milan and Napoli at San Siro. Now, Milan have put together some really good results with some less convincing performances, but they've been getting uh, wins uh, over the last few weeks in, in 2024. They keep conceding like two goals a game, which bodes well if you're a neutral and looking forward to this. I mean, going back to the reverse fixture, Milan were 2-0 up and then Napoli came back to draw 2-2. Napoli, well, they are up into seventh. They're quite a way behind AC Milan, 14 points. Milan on their own, really, and on, on an island. In, in third place. So the onus is really on Napoli to win this game and trying to insert themselves back into the conversation for a place in the top four. It'll be very interesting to see uh, how these two teams get on in what is going to be a yeah, box office weekend uh, in Serie A. Grazie, James. If that wasn't enough, there are two massive international games also this weekend. On Saturday, host Qatar face Minos Jordan in the Asian Cup final. 
Qatar are looking to retain the title they won in 2019, while Jordan, who caused a huge shock when they knocked out South Korea in midweek, have never even reached a semi-final before, let alone a final. That's on Saturday afternoon, and then on Sunday it's the Africa Cup of Nations final between Nigeria and hosts Ivory Coast. Nigeria are slight favourites to win the tournament for the fourth time, but if this Afghan has taught us anything, it's to expect the unexpected. Here's Jay Harris. I think Ivory Coast versus Nigeria is, is pretty much the dream final. Obviously, everybody who's a neutral and who's over here in Abidjan and in the Ivory Coast wants the host nation to go through. Just the energy when they're playing is simply phenomenal. When you're walking around the streets, you're seeing children with the Ivory Coast flag painted on their faces. I saw a man sat on top of an advertising billboard that was about 20, 30 feet in the air, waving flags earlier today. It's just um, simply crazy the way that the, the football fever can take over a country. And Nigeria, obviously a team that's got some of the best players at this competition. Adamola Lukman, Vitz Osserman, you know, they've not lost a single game. They've just been so powerful and so defensively compact. So it's going to be a fascinating matchup. I do think that Nigeria probably hold the upper hand. They've just been so consistent throughout this tournament. And we know that Ivory Coast Yes, they've been better in the last couple of games, but they've still not been perfect. But whatever happens, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. It's going to be back at the Alassane Wutara Stadium in front of 60,000 people. It's going to be packed, it's going to be loud, it's going to be noisy, and you better not miss it. Well, you heard Jay, don't miss it. The AFCON final is at 8pm on BBC3 and Sky Sports in the UK, as well as on Being Sports in the US. Right, that's it for today's Daily Football Briefing. I've been Tim Spears, your producer was Mike Zimmerman and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. The dulcet tones of Michael Bailey will be with you on Monday. In the meantime, have an extremely nice weekend. The Athletic.